0: To I hope I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I am your something veteran, Donnie.
1: <laughs> I'm the uh, I'm the beginner. Named what?
0: What's your name?
1: Oh, I'm Frank. Sorry, <laughs> just call me the beginner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um anyway so we're looking at season one episode 12 which is called wannabe although there were parentheses on the youtube channel the official degrassi youtube channel that said friends forever i don't know if the dvd said anything weird like that they said sort
1: of, they called it wannabe
0: okay so just i'm just gonna call it wannabe for all intents and purposes because it's a good song um so yeah so this is an interesting one we got a more page-centric plot um so we might as well just kind of jump into it because there was quite a bit happening in this episode. Um, a lot of social dynamics were playing out on this one, which was pretty interesting. Um, I don't know how you felt felt about it, Frank.
1: Um. Uh, yeah. Sorry, just looking at my recommendation for this week. Um, yeah. Like this is the first time. Like <laughs> this is the first time we really just see. Popular versus unpopular kids. I mean, we have like, we've seen conflict between the seventh and eighth graders, and like, some graders feeling jealous. I, there's some of that in here, but this is the first time she's like, well, Paige is part of the popular group, and I'll be popular too. And honestly, like, as somebody who went to a high school where nobody talked like that, or because I don't think anybody really talks like that, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> but like, okay, I'm sorry.
0: No, it's okay. No, you can finish your thought.
1: Well, I was going to say, the A-plot is Paige wants to start the cheerleading squad again, because of course Paige does. (laughs) And the B-plot is JT, Liberty, Toby, and uh, Spinner all think they're going to be millionaires.
0: (laughs) Which, by the way, I was, like, looking at the premise of the B-plot, and I was like, that's a lot of kids that I don't really know what it's going to be like in combination with each other, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see how that one goes. I mean,
1: I enjoyed that, like, just throwing together the disparate parts into,
0: oh, I agree. into the mix. I agree, I agree. And I think, and we'll talk about it more when we actually talk about the B-plot. Um, there was some interesting stuff happening in there. I kind of like Spinner was more of a traditional bully in that plot, but I kind of liked it in yeah. a way. Like, it felt like more, like, kind of what I would expect Spinner to be written based on his premise of being this kind of bully. Yeah. And, like... It wasn't necessarily unwanted in the context of that plot. Obviously, if he was always like that, it would be tiresome.
1: I mean, he wasn't, like... (laughs) He wasn't just, like... He wasn't terrible... But, like, you know, he wasn't the sweet and tender Chunkhead we normally know.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I think that also kind of speaks to his dynamic. And we saw this a little bit in the first episode and, um, you know, once or twice throughout. But we really see how he behaves toward the 7th graders. And how he is going to play a game of sorts with the 7th graders that is just not how he's going to interact with, like, Jimmy or any of the 8th graders.
1: Yeah, because I think they would more easily, like the eighth graders, would easily call him out, call him out on his like bad behavior, like Ashley does last week, or mm-hmm. um, I don't know if Jimmy ever does, but
0: uh, that's a complicated friendship.
1: I yeah, I think it's just like he in, he doesn't enjoy like he we've seen him torment them before. I think it's because they're easier prey.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I think he is a, like, kind of that bully archetype in a very traditional sense in, in the way that he interacts with the seventh graders. He is, like, picking on them because they are smaller than him, because he can assert his dominance on them. And then, of course, you have that underlying thing where he does feel that he does not, He's not up to snuff compared to some of the 8th graders for, for various reasons, but he kind of sees that these kids are weaker than him in many senses of that word, and of course he's going to act a certain way because of it.
1: Yeah. So, um, should we just hop yeah, into just it? Yeah, just
0: go. Yeah, let's go. Okay,
1: ahead. A-plot. Paige is um, putting out... F- uh, f- Flyers for tryouts um, for the Spirit Squad, which is essentially just cheerleaders. And um, Manny is interested, and so is Oscar, a character we will never see again, apparently.
0: Okay, I had to, like, look him up because I was looking at him. I'm like, he's definitely been in multiple episodes that we've seen. I'm just constantly baffled by him. Um, And apparently he was introduced in episode three. I don't remember. Um, He apparently spoke in episode nine. Also don't remember. Um, and I was like, okay, let me go onto his wiki page. I'm, like, finding those types of stats. And then I found a very interesting stat from the page, which said, he is believed by critics to be homosexual. However, this is not serious, as said by the actor. Um, and then I deep dove. And I do not have access to the commentary, because I don't have DVDs. I've been watching it on YouTube, on the official Degrassi channel, but still on YouTube. Apparently... According to a comment on on the Wikia page, which obviously your mileage may vary, um, a person said that according to that audio commentary, um, one of the ideas floating around for this character was to give him like give him a plot in which he reveals that he's gay.
1: I mean, I'll I mean, I have the DVDs. I'll check it out. Um, yeah, because like if it's not there though. That's going to be a problem. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, like, there's no footnote, so I wasn't able to kind of, like, try and find... Because I also am very curious about what that means by the actor didn't find it serious, as in, were the critics... Like, that's the thing. Like, I wonder if the actor's reaction is not actually to the critics. The critics may say something... Like, I feel like the critics may be like, oh, this character was projected for potentially being written as gay... Interesting, you know, some sort of commentary on that. And then the actor's response was actually toward fans or something that was like, oh, he's on Spirit Squad. Is he gay? Like, I feel like those are two different conversations, but I can see how someone would lump them together on a, like, a quick bullet point on a fan-made wiki page.
1: Yeah.
0: But it was interesting when I was looking at it.
1: (laughs) So, um... Uh, so, Manny impresses Paige and Hazel. Um, have we seen Hazel before? We
0: saw Hazel literally last episode is when she was introduced.
1: Okay. i was just worried that like she's been Paige's co- Paige, like, Now that I think about it, Paige has been flying solo pretty regularly throughout this thing.
0: It's interesting because it's like- It feels like, and maybe, maybe this is kind of the, the part of that progression where we see Paige, and Paige is playing the game, but as you said, she's been flying solo. Like, she has Ashley and Terry as, like, friends of sorts, but, like, she has nearly burned those bridges many times, and this is the first time we actually see her... Actually, playing out that kind of queen bee type of thing, yeah. but it seems like she found her beta, for lack of better terms. And I hate kind of just calling Hazel that, but it's definitely that type of dynamic where Paige is the commanding force. Hazel it can can keep up with her, but is not the queen.
1: Yeah, um, she's like the she's like the chancellor. Yeah. Now that I think about, it, maybe what it is is just like Paige goes to Ashley and Terry when it's just like, do I have any machinations in in the air right now? No. I'll just relax with these two.
0: Yeah, like, they're her, (laughs) like, steady force of sorts. And, like, and in many ways, like, you know, Ashley and Terry have probably been through her bullshit for many years at this point, which we don't necessarily have established, but the way that they interact with her, it seems very, like none of this is new (laughs) like all of it is the usual shenanigans which I mean it is kind of depressing when you really think about how how hurtful Paige has been toward Terry but I could see why Terry just is like whatever at this point yeah like if only because she would like I I feel at least based on this it seems like like Ashley and Paige's dynamic is something more stable than Terry and Paige's dynamic
1: yeah, um, Ashley and Paige, for me, feel like an anime rivalry. Yeah,
0: they're, yeah, it has that quality to they're it.
1: They're Deku and, uh, Bakugo. Bakugo.
0: Oh my god! I kinda see it, though. <laughs> I, I see, I know exactly, yes. Yeah.
1: Wow, I just thought of, like, both of them wearing those uniforms, are just like, oh, that'd
0: be so awesome. <laughs> I'm kinda down with it. I... Might make a commission Which would be the most Baffling commission request (laughs) In the history of commissions Be like, you want what? I mean, I can do it But okay
1: (laughs) I I need to um, Like, get more commissions Because I really like Having just art That's, um Like, just unique And supporting local artists Or supporting Tumblr artists Or whatever I only ever got one. It was Yuna and Elizabeth. Una from Final Fantasy X and Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite having a tea party.
0: Good. Like, I love those. I mean, I'm not an art- artist that does commissions, but hopefully artists enjoy this. But I personally love, like, that's, like, the point of commissions is to make that niche stuff that you're just not going to get a print of. Yeah. Hence, I just commissioned tons and tons of, like, my trans head cannons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um. Anyway, so, Manny, like, busts out a sick-ass cartwheel.
0: It's pretty good, honestly. Like, yeah. like you know, usually that type of stuff always looks really dopey, but like she's very steady.
1: Yeah. Um, plus, she's doing it on like hard linoleum floors.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: And Paige is like, "Yo, you're in. <laughs> like, let's we'll yeah. make this happen." Um. Uh, the thing is, though, Emma it does not want there to be a spirit squad. Um, for. <sighs> Okay, Very so,
0: Emma reasons
1: Yeah, like, I was Like, I was trying to settle this up in my own head Because I see her point But I'm not I, And I agree with it, like, about 70% But then, like, the other 30% of me Is also just, like it, it felt a little shamey
0: Yeah, yeah, but honest, So, a lot of this episode And, I don't know, maybe this isn't something that I don't want to be like, this episode wasn't for you, Frank But, like, there was something (laughs) very real about aspects of this episode that reminded me very much of what it was like in middle school, early high school, especially with Emma versus Manny and the other kids' viewpoint of cheerleaders. Because, like, I remember having this debate with people constantly, and I was on the Emma side, and I will own up to that. Like, I was very much on that kind of shamey side, where I was like, why would a girl want to do this? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and eventually, like, you know, obviously my perspective was challenged and, and everything, but I distinctly remember, like, having this type of intense conversation with people, and I knew some, some girls who did cheerleading, and, like, when they did it, I was like, why are you doing this? Like, things like that. It felt very real.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um... My, I, like, I kept watching this episode, and I kept thinking, like, Emma, she really come at this at a different angle, like, a safety angle, because chillers get hurt very badly.
0: But I think that also kind of speaks to Emma and where she's at as a person, where it's like, if you look at Emma's arguments that she has made consistently throughout the series, there's very few that on a baseline are clunkers you know what i mean it's like you should care about the environment you should care about homeless people you should care about (laughs) like you know how women are perceived in society like all of these ideas are not bad but because she's younger um and just you know lack of life experience lack of you know a certain types of experiences in general um and just the fact that she's a kid and she has only her viewpoint a lot of the time, her 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 arguments get very, um, they do get kind of shamey at times, and it's like why don't you care as opposed to let me fundamentally understand like how this misinformation may happen.
1: They're either like they're all very black and white.
0: Yes, yes, yeah, she's a very black and white thinker, um, and I think that is. Part of just who she is as a person, you can kind of see how, you know, how she does think in a way that isn't very ambiguous ever. And if anyone challenges her point of view, they're wrong. It's not necessarily that, like, oh, let me understand perspectives here. Um, and she has been called out on this by Liberty, too. Like, you know, you you don't look at... She, she even pointed out, like, it, Emma doesn't think about other people all the time. It's her way... And that's it. Yeah. And I think it was very interesting in this episode actually seeing her, I don't want to say antagonist, but like the person with the opposing viewpoint is her best friend. Yeah. And it was very interesting watching what we've seen kind of build throughout the season with how Emma has conflict management issues, for lack of better (laughs) terms. And now see her duke it out with somebody who has been her best friend since kindergarten.
1: Yeah. Um. Now that I think about it, is she one of the only people without a sibling? I, I think don't. It's her and Jimmy.
0: Her and Jimmy for sure. I don't remember if JT has been established as having a sibling or not.
1: I mean, but JT's kind of a. Yeah. He's not super complicated.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, she. Yeah. Her and Jimmy, I think, are the only ones that definitely are of uh, a. Uh, Like, some characters will get siblings revealed later, um, but if I recall correctly, like, everyone, pretty much everybody, maybe Manny, I don't know if Manny has siblings either.
1: I feel like they've been mentioned, but I could be wrong. Um...
0: Regardless, I think Emma, outside of Terry, is the only one that we have confirmed that, like, Is in a very much a single parent household
1: Yeah Because I was just thinking I was wondering if they have this Like that's part of the undercurrent Of why she's not able to have conflict Doesn't have conflict resolution resolution skills Currently is because she never had anybody No what are you doing (laughs) Um, um, She doesn't have anybody like To have conflicts with except her mom And that's a different relationship
0: well, I think also, like, her mom, in many ways, and I know, I'm not even looking at this from, like, a younger, like, parent thing. But, like, we've seen Spike go head-to-head with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she calls people <laughs> out. And I think that's also going to leave an impression on a kid. Like, you gotta stick up for yourself. You gotta fight for what's right. Like, that's what Spike has done Pretty consistently in the brief appearances that we've seen of her, like she's gonna do things on her terms. And if you, I mean, if you've seen, I think Frank, you've seen pictures of her from when she was originally in in the Degrassi series as a kid. Like I've not. <laughs> oh well, let me pull up a picture for you. But like, she was the type of kid. I think she wore like a Pogues shirt once, nice. and like, <laughs> like she's a punk kid. Her friend has like a uh, like a Chelsea haircut, like. She is a kid who is not your conventional, um, like high, high, junior high, high school student. Um, just in terms of her presentation. Um, hang on, I'm pulling up a picture for Frank so you can hear. Um, you can hear his his reactions to uh, how she looked, but like. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing <laughs> Please describe what you are seeing Frank
1: Okay um I am seeing Super Saiyan hair in the front <laughs> With bangs Um Just it, it, It's It's um It's cascading down the back And the sides oh. Are a dark black It's, it's all blonde up top uh, she's wearing a black vest over a, what's that, teal? Like, a bluish-green shirt and a chain necklace. And I can't, let's see what these earrings are. And I can't make it out of the earrings. Um, so yeah, that it is a lot of luck, and it's even more ridiculous, because, like, there's another picture below, where she's sitting next to somebody who has just completely normal hair, and she looks like a peacock.
0: (laughs) Well, that's her friend. You can't see, like, if you look at the top of the friend's hair, it's shaved. okay. This is the friend with the Chelsea cut. Gotcha. Yeah. So, like, they were just, like, these two punk kids, um... But, um, it gives you, like, kind of an idea of how she was just kind of, I mean, it's just, I feel like that inevitably, you, sorry, I just keep showing Frank pictures while I'm trying to talk, I'm sorry, that's very rude of me. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but the point that I'm trying to make here is, like, Spike is the type of person that if something's up, she's gonna call it out, we've seen that in the Degrassi Next Generation version of her um um, so even just basing it on that like we see how she does that that said that's gonna leave an impression on emma um and it's going to probably result in her approaching the thing approaching a lot of the things in in the course of the show um in a way that might be different from some of the other kids because that's the model that she's working with
1: i feel like from from what i've heard of spike so far i feel like there's been at least one part point where spike has broken somebody's headlights with a baseball bat
0: <laughs>
1: so like I'm not gonna attack you physically but I am going to break up your car a bunch
0: but like but yeah like that's the end of the thing it's it's um it's one of those things where I feel like we see this play out in the way in throughout the series so you know what good on the writers I'll give the writers a bone here like there's a very much consistent element to Emma's character and this just feels like a deeper manifestation of her conflict management, or lack thereof.
1: I feel like if I had watched the original Degrassi, I would be, like, and I started, and I jumped into this, I'd be like, yep, that's Spike's kid. Like, you just, like, you can see it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it was a bunch about Emma, but let's... So, um, that's where the conflict lies, where Paige... Because Paige starts working the screws, or starts, like, working the, um... Working the wedge between Emma and Manny because Emma wants to write another article. Um, and this, this I really liked, that she was going back to her, like, journalistic, like, past. hmm Um, and, like, Paige is worried that the article won't allow, like will keep the spirit squad from getting on its feet. Did they have a spirit squad before this?
0: No. So this is what I actually found interesting. And another thing that I actually quite liked about this episode is, um, I'm not really sure. It sounds like it might have been there in the past or some form of cheerleading was there in the past, but it hadn't been back for a while. And Paige was trying to bring it back.
1: What, what happened in the earlier seasons of, like, in the early series of Degrassi? Just like, all right, no night dances. No cheerleading. I
0: told you, the school went on fire. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, just remember that the school was on fire. And then everything makes sense. But, like... I mean, I think the big issue that Paige brings up, which I think is a very real issue for any kid trying to start a club, is the amount of people necessary to actually start one. And anybody who started a club it could probably speak to this kind of issue where you need a certain number of people before you can actually start one. Um, And a lot of the time when they have this, like, it's a little more wishy-washy because a lot of the time it's like you're just getting your friends to sign a piece of paper that they would join a club even if they don't actually join. But I can see this being an issue in something that would be more high-profile like a Spirit Squad where you do constantly appear in things. I could see why they need it. So, like, Paige needs, I think, 12 members?
1: Yes. Which
0: is a lot yeah. Like, that's not a small, like, that's not, like, usually, like, clubs, it's, like, eight or something like that. Like, 12 is a pretty hard bargain.
1: And, and they, because I remember her saying distinctly, we already have eight. We we need more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, and that was after they were promoting it. Yeah. So, like, this is a work in progress, and it... While I feel like it falls under one of those things where it's like, is Paige right in how she handles any of these situations? Absolutely not. We're not condoning, like, you know, her her behavior here. But I like that she has some reason that's beyond just, I want to be mean. It's, I'm going to do what I can to make this a decent spirit squad and have the necessary amount of loyal subjects that I need to make this run.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Paige... Um, like had, Paige had Manny do the cartwheel again in the cafeteria. Which oh, it was nice a power one.
0: play. Yeah, it was totally a power play.
1: Uh, huh. She's on that game all the time, always. 5-7. Um, and she decides like, "Oh, come over and like hang at my or like we'll come over and we'll talk about the squad and whatnot." And Manny already had plans with Emma, so she um. You know, she cancels, and then they're on the phone, and Manny's like, are you sure you're not writing the article? I was like, yeah. And then, like, Paige and Hazel apparently can't, like, stay silent for more than, like,
0: 2 minutes. No, they can't. <laughs> they can't.
1: And they start talking, and Emma's just like, you know what? I think I'm gonna write that article. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just so you know, my personal headcanon is, like, she hung up with Manny, but, like, huffed and then immediately hit the sean speed was like you would not believe what happened
0: oh my god right
1: and sean's like all right tell me what's happened
0: and he's <laughs> he like does, he just makes monosyllabic like grunts during it but they're like reassuring ones <laughs> oh i th-
1: <laughs> i think you're giving our son too a little credit
0: <laughs> are you sure <laughs> but when he
1: tr- is trying to like um when he's trying to like
0: that's true. We have full true. conversations about stuff. That's true. Like they won't be very detailed responses, but he'll respond. He'll yeah. give you a sentence, yeah. not much more, but he'll give you a full sentence.
1: Um, because I just kept imagining, like every time we saw Emma getting annoyed, she just stomp off and go find Sean.
0: Right, right. Um, he just like pulls him out of like he's like walking <laughs> on the sidewalk. She's just like, come in. You'll never believe what just happened.
1: Um, so they go back. Uh. Next, The next day at school, I forget, like, there's a scene where Emma is just watching Manny practice with the other girls.
0: Yeah, she does a lot of, like, these very... There's a lot of these really creepy shots in this episode <laughs> of her standing in, like, like the window frame that's in a door, just staring down at Manny. And, like, they did this at least two or three times in this episode, and it was unsettling every single time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's this very intense stare every single time
1: so she writes her article hands it into liberty um and i need to make a mention about that scene but we'll do it when we're talking about the b uh, plot i
0: know right okay i gotta resist
1: so, <laughs> so i'm so
0: excited i kicked the little drawer
1: <laughs> liberty is just like yo this is some awesome stuff like
0: just- no oh my god liberty's acting There's a lot of really good moments in this episode for for me about Liberty. And I think all of them dilute to Liberty actually as a backbone in this episode. Yeah. And she's so funny. So, like, there's reasons why she's acting this way. We'll explain why. But, like, Emma's like, yeah, here's this article. And, and... (laughs) Liberty's like, you know, Manny's joining the Spirit Squad. It's kind of a problem, I guess. And Emma's like, I don't care. She's like, all right, I'll print it. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's acting like an editor, I feel like. Like an actual editor.
1: This is like gonna ruffle some feathers. Just want you to be prepared for
0: that. Yeah, like, just so you know. But I'll hit send, I'll hit send.
1: Oh my god, because I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, Liberty Van Zant, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh my god. Two good editors with three names. <laughs>
0: Like liberty is a joy in this episode for me, <laughs> and like that scene alone, I was like, yes.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, so, the um, the article I forget. Does is this when Manny and Emma have the fight?
0: No, because yeah. Wait, what do you mean by the fight?
1: The one where they okay, they have a fight where Manny.
0: Oh yes, 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 yes. This, that is when they have. A fight, yes. Um, Because that's the part where Emma calls Paige a pretentious wannabe. And I was like, Emma, honey, I don't think that word means what you think it means.
1: Paige is. I
0: mean, Paige is, but I feel like that's a very odd word choice to have when you're talking about Paige with your best friend. Doesn't she call Paige plastic at some point? Yeah, she calls her plastic, which, like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll buy it. But, like, pretentious felt a little weird when she was trying to say that cheerleading is stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, like, cheerleading is stupid, but I'm going to make it sound like like it's an art in many ways. <laughs> I was, like, uh, not not the best word choice. My dear.
1: Yeah. Um, and I many. Like, doesn't Manny say like the two like the two of them are very similar, but like no, your eyes just got super wide.
0: I'm trying to remember. Um, <laughs>
1: um, or she's like the diff- oh no, I think she says the difference between you two is that Paige is fun.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I think she straight up calls Emma boring, <laughs> which like is kind of an interesting thing to reflect on from a characterization standpoint. Like not not that Emma's boring. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play that game, but I think it's very interesting and I feel like in many ways it may speak to Manny and what Manny looks for in a person where I think Manny likes being near people who are strong and I don't necessarily mean that means Manny is weak I think that she enjoys being in the presence of people who challenge things and keep things exciting and I think Emma and Paige both do that on a like, their motivations are to do that, but how they do it is going to be different, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, the boring comment for me, I think... Th- I The way I I heard it was that, um, like... Because that's, that's the thing about friends, is that friends always know where your soft spots are.
0: Exactly.
1: And for me, that was just, like, Emma probably brought that up to Manny at some point, where she's like, I wonder if I'm boring... So she's just like, and that's where I'm sticking my stick.
0: Oh, you know that was a conversation within the context of Sean, like, two weeks ago. Like, that was definitely <laughs> something that happened very recently. And and I think that's also a very real concern that I think, and when I use the term social justice warrior, I mean it lovingly as an I am one myself, where I think, like, when you are on the crusade to do something that's right, now, regardless of Emma doing it correctly, that's a different conversation for that we already had. But, like, when you are constantly trying to fight for what's right, you do get the feeling that you're boring. You feel like a killjoy. Yeah. And you constantly feel like you're incapable of having fun. Because you know Emma is the type of kid who, if they're going to watch a rom-com, she's going to complain about it. Yeah. If they're going to, <laughs> like, you know, if she hears something and it's garbage, she's going to tell Manny about it. And I think that that's a very real feeling that I think anybody who has been the one who's the more radical of your friends, in that sense, are going to be worried about.
1: I was going to say, also anybody who went to a liberal arts college. Right. (laughs) Because, like, I remember when I was younger, I could just watch movies. Now when I watch movies, like, oh, wow. There's a lot of problematic things in all these. Oh, that's a stereotype.
0: (laughs) Well... Frank, I'm sure you know. You know me. I am the no fun zone. I don't consume media at this point in my life and just go like, "Eh, it was good. Like, you get like this (laughs) awful thesis. I like go off for like 15 minutes and I'm like, yeah, but it was okay. (laughs) I mean, I do enjoy those though. I'm glad. This is why we're on a podcast together. (laughs) Because I have proven I cannot just have fun and watch Degrassi. (laughs) Yeah. There's apparently a podcast where the people get drunk and talk about Degrassi. And I'm like, <laughs> how, do, how would it be to be that carefree? I can't
1: do Emma's like,
0: woo! Yeah, like, I can't do that. Ever. Anyway. Um, but, like, speaking to this, I'm probably projecting a little too much. But I feel like that's a very real concern that I could see a kid like Emma having... Because it's like, oh, I don't know, like, maybe I am boring. Maybe nobody actually wants to be friends with me.
1: I want to be your friend.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, (laughs) Frank. Thank you for the reassurance. But, like, that's the thing about that fight. It felt like my note during that fight was, uh, this is very real. Um, Yeah, it was rough. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much about this episode that even if I didn't necessarily live it out myself, I felt like I knew people who have... And, like, ugh, the girl politics in this episode, as somebody who is designated female at birth and, you know, identified with being a girl at this point in my life, like, in middle school, like, oh, Like, it was really hard to watch.
1: Yeah. Because... Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I got nothing to say. Like, I have no personal experience with that. Um, so then, like... Emma's like, I'll be, like, Paige is going to dump you at some point or another. Like, and Manny walks away, walks right into Paige and Hazel, destroying the, um, destroying, uh, or ripping out. They, They just take all the copies of the grapevine and then just are ripping out Emma's article. Which is like a full two pages in the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? Like, sorry, other kid who wrote, like, wrote a movie review like, on the other page. Sorry, kid.
1: Oh, God, what movies were those kids have been reviewing back in 2004? 2001. <laughs> oh, God, even worse.
0: 2002, I think at this point. I think at this point, the season we were getting to 2002, I don't even remember what came out in 2002 off the top of my head.
1: I'm sure it was a Fast and Furious movie.
0: Oh, I hope it was a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> like, that poor the poor kid. Um, But, but, and once again, what I appreciated about this was it wasn't just, I'm gonna, let's be mean to Emma because Emma sucks. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the thing about Paige, and I feel like this is an interesting complication to have with Paige, because I feel like this always ends up happening where... I feel like a lot of her attacks, while they're not right, are not baseless. You know what I mean? Like, she has a reason why she does things, even if you don't agree with them. Yes. Whether it's, I want Spinner, whether it's, I want, I want, like, a spirit squad to happen, et cetera, et cetera. Like, she has reasons behind her
1: methods. She's not the girls from Carrie. Yes. Who, for no other reason, just go after Carrie and destroy her life. She's just like, you're in my way
0: Exactly And uh,
1: unfortunately, I have to move you out of Well, uh, not, you know I do feel like we're becoming a bit of page apologist.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we are But, like, I mean this from a writing perspective yeah. By the way, before we continue You want to know what movie came out in 2001?
1: What movie?
0: Shrek ah! <laughs> <laughs> And Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone But who cares? <laughs> Oh, God. It was really important, and everyone needed to know. And I'm sure there was somebody listening to this that was screaming, Shrek! Shrek came out 2001! How could you not know?
1: Shrek is life! Shrek is love!
0: No! God. Do not look
1: that up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, do not look that up. I
0: worked with middle schoolers when that came out, (laughs) and it was a bad time. And that's my only story about it. But anyway, the thing about... And I think here's the thing about Paige, and this is what I'm going to, this is how I'm going to kind of chalk up how I feel about Paige, at least at this point in the storytelling, um, where I don't agree with her. I really don't. However, I feel like the thing about her is that she's written in a way that she's not, like, you know, as one-dimensional as the Queen B-type can get. Mm -hmm. She has reasons. So as a writer, I appreciate Paige, at least in the season one entity of her, because even though I don't agree with a lot of her things, she has reasons behind her actions.
1: Yeah, like, this is the same Paige four episodes or so ago, we saw helping out Emma. Like, you know, and then like a few episodes before that, she was honestly trying, at least from my, I think our perspective... Trying to help Ashley deal with the fact that her dad was gay. Like, she, she didn't come after them. Like, she could have. Like, we've seen in all kinds of the memes. She's just like, I'm trying to achieve a goal. Why are you making this harder for me? Now I have to do, like... Like, she's a supervillain in, in a certain way. Where it's just like, I want this certain thing. And I'm going to do these actions that are not great. But I need to achieve my goal.
0: Exactly, exactly. And like, if you're not in the w- if you're not in the way of her like achieving the goal, if you're not a roadblock, she's not gonna do anything to you. Like, she might scoff at you and roll her eyes. But like, if you are not directly involved, like interfering with this trajectory, she's gonna leave you alone.
1: I know. I know. Even remember, she was helping Emma last week, also. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that was because Emma was not a threat. And I think that's all there is to it. Like, Emma was not a threat. Emma is now a threat. Now she's gonna have to rip out every every goddamn page of her editorial in the grapevine. Like, that's just how it works. But, but I appreciate that about her.
1: Um, yeah. So, though her next action is not great, they get caught by uh, Radish. And he brings them to the office. And Manny, like... It's, Always scared of getting in trouble. You know, strict family and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Paige throws Hazel under the bus.
0: Yeah, and, and it should be noted that there's this interesting kind of power play that Paige is doing with Hazel the whole entire time where she is putting Manny on a pedestal and constantly putting Hazel down in the process. Um, and I assume... And this part is a little hazy, but I think it didn't need too much clarification as to why this is happening. But I think it's more Paige sees Manny as more compliant.
1: And I, I would also say Manny, I think, can, Manny's also better
0: at leading. Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. She's more talented, which is obviously, I think, something which speaks to Paige's goal. Which is, I want a spirit squad, and I want that spirit squad to be good. So naturally she sees Manny and and that's the thing about Paige where we've talked about like I think she sincerely thinks Manny is talented. I don't think that is ambiguous, like you know like any like she's lying and fluffing her up. I think she genuinely thinks that she's talented but where most people would then go oh join the spirit squad. It'd be sweet and then still I'm going to maintain my friendship with Hazel. Paige doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, so there's this thing that's happening, and then that's kind of like the, I guess, the the final, like, nail in the coffin to Paige is, oh, now I can use Hazel to get out of the situation.
1: Yeah. Which isn't great.
0: No, no, it's, <laughs> um. it's scummy, it's scummy.
1: Yeah, because it just, like, once again, it's another, like, character, like, another person of color just, like any of as being a bad kid because of the machinations of a white character
0: (laughs) yeah 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 and like it's (sighs) hazel is a complicated character um frank i won't whip this out yet but i think in a later episode i think it's really important because this actress has actually spoken to her experiences of being on degrassi Mm. and we will definitely visit that because I want you to read it ahead of time before we record, but, like, she wrote a very interesting and very important reflection on her experience on Degrassi. Um, And the thing about Hazel that kills me, at least watching it in this, is, like, you could tell that there's something to her, but you can also already sense that she's in that racist machine Mm -hmm. that is media, and that she will not be able to blossom yeah like she's i feel like she's very there like i like listening to her speak i like seeing her act i like seeing her character but i also can sense that and maybe this is also because we have two other black characters and they have been treated like garbage pretty consistent consistently that i'm already like bracing myself um But it's very disheartening, because she very well, like, she has the presence, and in many ways is not that, like, she's really not, like, I hate calling her kind of the beta in this dynamic, because I feel like that implies that she's, like, sniveling. She's really not. Yeah. She's just as catty, and just as, like, snide as Paige is in many ways.
1: It really reminds me of the Quinn, um... Quinn and the head girl in the fashion club, Sandy, like, where they are, they constantly are just, like, back and forth but, like, they stand toe-to-toe.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, like, it, yeah.
1: they're constantly making snide remarks towards one another, but I don't think Paige wants to play that game.
0: No, no. So
1: she's gonna get rid of the usurper.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, of course, like, that does leave a bad taste in your mouth when you're watching page pit to girls who are not white neither of them are white yeah against each other and like on one hand is that how it would go down yes yeah 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 (laughs) probably um but at the same time when we're also playing this delicate game of media representation it's still not great yeah
1: so um like, Manny... Yeah, after this, Manny gives a, like, very passionate
0: speech to Paige. Manny goes off. It's very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was really enjoying it. <laughs> like,
0: it really proves that Manny can stand on her own two feet. Like, and that's the thing that I liked about this episode, where Manny... And Manny says this when, when she... Later, but, like, you can tell that she wanted... She likes cheerleading. She likes <laughs> this type of stuff. She enjoys it. And she wants to have a good time doing it and be and this behavior is getting in the way of her enjoying it and she's gonna say it.
1: Yeah. Um so, like, Paige's like, Paige is actually like left pretty speechless. Like the only comeback she can think of is good luck getting on the squad now, and then like, you know, storms off. And Paige goes to find Emma. They reconcile, where Uh, Manny's like, I've been a terrible friend And Emma's like, yeah, but I should recognize You enjoy this Um, let's Yeah, and Um, Emma has a very prescient Line here, where Manny's like, I'll never get on the squad now And Emma's like, Paige is Paige is mean, but she's not stupid.
0: I have, like, the same thing, like, written down in my notes. (laughs) It was, like, this very, like, this, like, interesting, like, acknowledgement of how smart Paige is. And, like, (laughs) it's this weird backhanded compliment of sorts that, like, I was like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Paige (laughs) Paige is a worthy adversary.
0: Yeah, like, I was like, alright, okay, (laughs) alright. Like, I, I was able to roll with it. It... And that's the thing. It's, like, what I really appreciate about this plot, while there's a lot... Are there issues in it? Yeah. Are... Was it uncomfortable to watch at times? Yeah. But, like, for something where the thesis that one of the girls had was basically, like, cheerleading is sexist and stupid, Mm -hmm. it was really nice to see, in many ways, like, how smart all the girls were. Yeah. Even if they weren't in the right, they were all smart and calculating, and it really played out like how middle school girl dynamics work because like and i hate talking about this in a super gendered way but it is kind of true like the drama and the social conflict of middle school specifically amongst girls is messy calculating and complicated period they are like if you've worked in middle school teaching you probably can speak to this as well like you would get an email every week and be like, do not group these girls together. They had a huge throwdown. Do not put them together. And like every week it would be a different combination of girls. And like, it's just this, it it, it it depends on what the conflict is. It depends on what the issue is. And in a week they may patch things up really quickly. And like, there were a lot of times where like, especially in high school, I would talk to somebody and be like, I hated you in middle school. You're an <laughs> awful human being to be in middle school, but now we're friends. I don't get it
1: yeah <laughs> I, uh, I think that's I mean you, you you saw mean girls right yeah like maybe that's why this this thing just keeps resonating like or why it's I don't know like big be... I don't know what it is but I'm just like, it's just so complicated. Because I'm, I'm seeing that still, like, you know, when, like, certain female friends talk about their friends. I'm just like, it it's, I don't know. Sorry. That's, that's not helpful at all. I like, no not know.
0: It's just, it's, that's, I just kind of reiterate, it's like, there's a lot of messy social dynamics in this episode. This is not a very, it, it's, it's not A linear story in many ways. Like if you start, like it feels like you kind of end up turning corner and corner and corner, and you're trying to figure out where everyone is standing because everyone's like social standing in this episode is fluctuating constantly in this a plot.
1: Okay, now I realize my way in. It's just like everybody has their own rankings. Every character has their own rankings of the. Students of the people they go to school with. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just watching now, just imagining Paige's like own bar grab as the Emma bar goes lower and the manual one rises, <laughs> but like the it <laughs> just says usefulness. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think that's how page views people in general and i feel like that's what like it's like you're like like a saiyan scanner like it's just like page is wearing one and like that's all the charts are it's like those little like stat charts and it's like fluctuating toward usefulness and like lack thereof and that is page
1: um so also in part of my head canon was that like sean is approaching with two coffees and then like he sees emma and manny and he just turns and
0: walks the other way the coffee's like uh, mm. <laughs> it's like ah oh, jeez. i guess
1: i'll just drink
0: both <laughs> <laughs> he's like jittery as anything in his classes everyone's like dude what happened <laughs> he's just like, uh, you know it's just one of those days
1: <laughs> oh and i'm glad it was snake that was the one talking to him because i always enjoy seeing snake being a reasonable um just reasonable teacher
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's needed it's needed especially because miss kwan is you know, out of commission. Yeah. So, so there's there's only, like, two other teachers at Degrassi at this point, so... <laughs>
1: there's Armstrong, Radish, who's he's it, a who is, principal. Well,
0: excuse me, he's now an, also an English teacher, so...
1: Yeah, and there's the like, That's the only adults we know of.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, how's this school functioning? Anyway.
1: Um, so I say we just sprint through this B-plot, because it's just not it's much. It's very
0: breezy. I mean, but I didn't hate watching it, which is weird, because the premise is dumb. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, promises. Is...
0: Sponsored by Pringles.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's just get it. Like, I'll just get into it. Like, JT and Toby. Like, it's just great watching them just housing Pringles like in a stairwell. It's
0: so they're so shady about it. Where like I feel like some people would like. Like, you know, open it up and just dump it in the garbage. They feel the need to, like... Or, like, even just stack them out in their hand and then check the bottom. They feel the need to voraciously eat them. And, like, Radish is passing by and is like, what the hell are you kids doing?
1: <laughs> they're like, nothing. He's like, eh, whatever.
0: It just keeps going. It's like, I, I got a class to prep for. Like, it's just bizarre. And then it's revealed that they're trying to find at the bottom of these Pringles cans... There's, like, they're trying to find these certain, like, card...
1: The Ace of Spades and the Ace of Clubs.
0: Yeah, like, don't, I don't know what happened to the Diamonds and Hearts, but whatever. Um, but <laughs> This is a really shitty content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Anyway, sorry, Pringles, I guess you're not gonna sponsor our podcast. But, um... So, so it was one of those things where, like, they're trying to find this piece because they have the clubs already. Um, so they're trying to find the, the Ace of Spades and they're, like, eating, eating, blah, blah, blah.
1: There's one point where JT's like, my lips have gone numb. And so he's like, that's just the sodium.
0: Yeah, like, they're just torturing themselves in a way that only seventh graders can. I
1: can't imagine eating that many Pringles.
0: I maybe could have in, in uh, middle school. Uh, just... But your bodies are built differently in middle school. They're just... I could not do it now. Yeah. The thought of that just makes me ill.
1: So, um... Like, eventually they see, um... Libby Van Zandt has her own can of Pringles.
0: Oh my god. And they're like,
1: hey, can we check the bottom of that? And she's like, ugh, oh, why?
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is... I love Liberty in this episode. Yes. She... I feel like this is the liberty that I wanted to see who realized she has no loyalty toward anybody and fuck all you guys.
1: Oh, and Spinner is also watching from... Because they'll work in the cafeteria.
0: Yeah, they kept that plot point. I'm very happy to see this consistency (laughs) and I'm very impressed. Um, I really
1: hope at the end, like, him and the lunch lady just become, like, mutual friends.
0: Right? Like, (laughs) like, at that point, he's spending so much time with her. Yeah.
1: She's like, you know what, kid? You're alright.
0: Right? Right. Um, (laughs) Please?
1: Um, oh god, I just also then got a mental image of just, like, Spinner finally graduates high school and the lunch lady's there.
0: Oh, that's actually very sweet. I like that.
1: Um, but anyway, so... Spinner's like, what's going on? So, they somehow let it slip. Well, they let it slip because they're not...
0: He's, like, going full on. Well, that's, like, in the library. You have to mention the setting. Because, like, they, the conversation between Liberty, JT, and Toby...
1: Well, they let it slip in the um, cafeteria. Yeah. And Liberty Van is just like, alright. Just walks away with the can.
0: It's so good. <laughs> I like, love it.
1: Just so, like, just... Full of, like, just full of herself Not with herself, um, just so sure of herself Yes And just, like, with a shitty I was just like, yeah, Liberty, this is what I've been waiting for It's
0: so good It's like, you're right, Liberty uh, Everyone here has treated you like garbage And it's about time that you look out for yourself
1: Yeah Um, so then they're discussing with her, like, we'll make a deal 50-50, and then Skinner, spinner <laughs> Is just, like, 45-45. And they're, like, that's only 90%. It's, like, yeah, 10% goes to me for protection.
0: Yeah, like, he's just, like, full-on, like, this very silly kind of caricature. But, like, when the whole entire premise is they are trying to find, like, ace, (laughs) like, like, ace things at the bottom of Pringles cans... Yeah. Suits? Is that what they're called? Yes. Suits. I could not remember the word. Anyway, like, the fact that that's the whole premise of it, it it worked in this episode. Like, I don't think it would work out in many other episodes, but it worked seeing Spinner be this kind of comical dude who's just punching his hand and, like, <laughs> coming off way tougher than he actually is.
1: Yeah. Because um, he's still a pretty soft boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, looking gonna look up what $1 million is in 2001 money, because I was just, like... Well, also,
0: you have to look up Canadian dollars. One what million is $1 million Canadian dollars?
1: Canadian... Alright, um... So, he's, like, I'll hold on to the can for safe keepings. Safe keepings. <laughs> um, uh, and, like, we cut to... I mean, this is... It, the two pots are interspliced, but, like, the next... Part of this plot is JT can't find the other can.
0: He's, like, combing his room. And, uh, JT. And JT's
1: room is, like, of course, a mess.
0: Yes, it's it's a nightmare. And, like, he, like, he's trying to cover this happening when he talks to Toby the next day. He's like, oh, well, my mom went on one of her cleaning sprees. He's <laughs> like, oh. Um...
1: Yeah, and, like, Toby, like, freaks out, because I think he's worried uh, Spinner will kill them.
0: Well, he's also, like, s- like just giving away his tech. Like, we see him just going, like, yeah, it's whatever. And then, like, when JT approaches him, he's like, I'm gonna buy some new electronics anyway. So he's just, like, giving things away, like, without a care in the world.
1: Yeah, though, he gave away a Game Gear? That system sucked.
0: I mean... That is a conversation for another time. The point and is and a different podcast. And a different podcast. Uh, the point is is that Toby thinks he's in the money, so who cares? It doesn't matter. Like nothing, nothing really matters because he's supposed supposedly going to be rich.
1: Though I now realize something. Liberty worked this so that she's getting the lion's share of the money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely because she is no fool. And this is Liberty's time to truly shine, and run off with a lot of money.
1: Yeah, like, whew. Um good for you, Liberty. Yeah, right. Get that gold ring. Exactly. Um.
0: She gets some stylish red boots too.
1: Oh yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Like, because when we cut to Emma going into the into the newspaper room. Um, at the new super office, like, Liberty has her feet up, and she's wearing these, just, like, bright red cowboy boots, and I was just like, has she been wearing those this entire time? I know,
0: right? I was, like, muttering to myself, I'm like, oh, maybe? I, I don't know if I've seen these before, but then, like, they make a big to-do about it, and she's, like, super... She's super into them, and you know what? I love seeing Liberty like like herself. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Like there's so many little moments about Liberty here. I wrote in my notes that I love Liberty with a backbone,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I I just do. It's so good.
1: All right, um, the exchange rate if it was if they won a, a million U.S. dollars, it would have been in Canadian dollars two million one hundred eleven thousand and thirty seven dollars.
0: That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Um, But, so, then, like, they find out that, then it's, like, trying to hunt down the last can. Spinner's like, did you check your locker?
0: So, we have to look at this terrifyingly long shot of JT's locker.
1: (laughs) It was the worst. It
0: was awful.
1: Um, And then, like, they find the other can, and and Spinner's just like, you're an idiot because it's the same kid.
0: Yes, like, after all that, it's just, like, it's really funny. It's, like, oh, good. And Spinner's also the only one,
1: like, Liberty goes out to buy something expensive, assumingly like, like, those boots are expensive. Toby's giving away his money. Spinner's the only one. That's like, I'm gonna hold back until I get the money in hand.
0: I know. Spinner. Spinner showing that, that two years of maturity on the kids, <laughs> apparently, like... His little peanut brain can can keep it together that long at least.
1: But my favorite thing is that Spinner isn't the one who pushes JT in the lock.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, like that's literally how this plot ends, which is like Spinner's like, okay, and like walks <laughs> off, and then Liberty and Toby just <laughs> Strong arm JT into the locker like within a second. like there is no like conversation about this. It's just the two of them just going, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> it was very therapeutic.
1: <laughs> I've tested, Donny, like this is the best ending to a B plot I've ever seen.
0: Right? It was like it was just very satisfying. And like, you know what? if I was in that situation, my friend screwed up that badly, and put me through all of that stress when I thought I was on the verge of a cool million dollars. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd shove them in a the locker. I don't care if it was my best friend. I'd shove my fiance in a locker. If I was under the premise that we were going to win a million dollars. <laughs> shove my rat in a locker.
1: Get in there, my sweet rat that I love more than life itself.
0: <laughs> right? Just go in there. It's dark. You'll love it.
1: Anyway, so that wraps up the B-plot. Like, there's just nothing to it.
0: Yeah, it's very fluffy, but I don't hate it. Like, I think that this type of premise, like, I think there was something very endearing about it in the sense that I really liked seeing this side of Liberty. And I think that's really what sold it to me. It wasn't really JT and Toby's fight. It really wasn't Spinner acting like a big old bully, even though it was kind of funny. I think it was Liberty being this... Like actually, a la- like, actually, like, acting in a way that isn't her constantly, like, sniveling or hiding in somebody's shadow. Mm-hmm. It was her being kind of a, a mover and shaker, which I do think she has in her. I mean, this is a girl who's an editor of a paper. Yeah. She has some bite to her.
1: Yeah, I mean, like... And she's, she's editor to the paper. She's... Um...
0: She writes the announcements.
1: Uh, she is secretary to the, uh, yeah.
0: Student council.
1: And also, like, is probably maintaining a very high grade point average despite the, um... Despite her learning disability.
0: Yeah, like, she is... Like, I think that... And, and you know, we've talked about how Liberty gets screwed over in many ways. Or there's definitely a racial component to this, but, um like she has so much there and i feel like this episode actually gave some depth to her character that even her like a plots have lacked
1: yeah cuz like she gets to act pr- like she gets to act proud for the first time like none of the other episodes allowed her that despite her having all this stuff yeah she's constantly like the butt of a joke or It's just so awful. Like, now that I'm thinking about all the bad things that happened to Livy Vincent.
0: Yeah, like, because, like, the thing about her, if if you really, 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 like, dilute it, is what has she done to earn this type of mistreatment? Do her jobs well? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Care? Like, huh? Giving a crap? She's, like,
1: yeah, she's not, like, she doesn't get moments where she's, like, gets to be a, a guidepost for other students, but she fundamentally, the the only thing that, like, you know, the show has kind of perceived her as doing wrong is, like, up to this point, is just being like, hey, I deserve, like, a piece of the announcement pie, too. Yeah. Like, everything else is just, like, oh, well, it's just shit on Liberty because she she's an oddball.
0: Yeah, and, like, the thing is, is, like, she runs in very similar circles and very similar skill sets to Emma. Emma can do the wrong thing and still be loved. Emma can get away with a lot of stuff ultimately. And, I mean, is there a privilege, like, a racial privilege aspect? absolutely. Like, she can be, like, nerdy and weird and smart, and people can find that endearing about her. She can have a goddamn webpage about Mama Onu and, like, (laughs) still have friends at the end of the day. Whereas, I feel like if Liberty did something like that, they'd be like, oh, that's really weird, and you're just a brown noser, and I hate it.
1: Yeah, like, I was just imagining, like... Like, I don't want to pair, like, just pair off every female character with a male character. Or just have the end result for character be a, rom- like, romance. But just give Liberty Van Zandt a friend. Yeah. Like, somebody, like, just, because Toby has, like, I think we said this be- like, you said this before. Like, Liberty's always alone. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. yeah, she really doesn't have a support system. And everybody has somebody in this, whether or not it's a very stable friendship up in the air. Very realistic for middle school. But at the end of the day, like, they have somebody. And even somebody as lonely as Jimmy, we've seen, have a friendship with Spinner. Which, I don't love that friendship in many ways, but they have each other. He has Ashley. Like, you have characters who have people that they can always kind of go to in Liberty is this the way that she's written is so odd because she doesn't get those little friendship scenes because she doesn't have any friends. You
1: know what would be an amazing friendship? Terry and Terry and Liberty.
0: That would be great. Like. I think that would be great. And I think that would let Terry be able to be a mentor and be able to be the one who has more experience and bring something to the table where I don't think she always gets to have that happen to her in her friendships with Paige and Ashley.
1: Yeah. I would have really and um I would have really enjoyed if like Liberty somehow also turned this around on JT is like this is for this is for like your weird like coming out bullshit story.
0: Right? <laughs> Please. He still deserves freaking punishment for that.
1: He should like he deserves a week in the locker.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> like I feel like funnel like animal crackers through the slots and like, like that's it, buddy.
1: Like Not even just because that was horribly offensive, but also because, like, he was just so just shitty to liberty.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it was homophobic, but also it was so disrespectful to a kid who, you know, doesn't deserve the level of garbage that she gets stacked upon her.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually, like, um... I'm gonna actually uh, quote my sister. Could somebody take Liberty Van into a movie? She needs to relax. Right?
0: She does. <laughs> she really does. And she deserves to be able to be in a space that she is just not, like, constantly having to be on alert in any way. Like, it's just I, I love her a lot, and I really hate seeing her constantly being treated like garbage.
1: Yeah. Come on, writers. Come on! <laughs> um... I, so this is another episode Written by Susan Nielsen And now that I'm thinking about it though like, Maybe Susan was just like Oh my god, stick to the canon
0: <laughs> I'm very curious how the writing Is she the only writer on this one? Where's my phone?
1: I'm
0: very curious how the writing is Because I feel like it's usually a team of some sort like some episodes have up to three writers on them which like some of these episodes are like 20 like a lot of these episodes most of these episodes are 22 minutes long i'm very intrigued like i i suppose i can just look up interviews and try and figure this out more and maybe that might be something we want to save for when we finish up the first season
1: this has three writers on it yep but yep. um one of them is yen no Yan Moore is not the good the good writer.
0: <laughs> we have a hit list.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Jan Moore, I think, wrote a bunch of those problematic episodes.
0: Like, not to say that, that, you know, the writer we like is blameless, but I've noticed that anytime she's on an episode, there are really complicated girl dynamics in those episodes. Like, the girls become fully realized. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's her touch.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um... Should we go to rankings?
0: Uh, do you want to do... I forget what comes first. Do we want to uh, grade the episode first?
1: Uh, uh, give it a solid B+.
0: Yeah, I agree with that one. I think that there's some very messy and very real moments in this. Um, There's certainly issues with it, but there are some interesting moments of girl dynamics that I think are worth exploring and taking a look at.
1: It would have been a straight C if we didn't get Liberty standing up for herself.
0: I love this version of Liberty. I hope it stays. Yeah,
1: me too. Um, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, my rankings, um, honestly, I hate to do it, Paige, and drawing you a little bit back, because, like, I splitting up a friendship, even for your goals, is not great.
0: Sure.
1: Um, Fair. Manny, you're rising pretty high. Uh, same, Emma, sticking to your guns. Um... Snake also rising higher (laughs) It feels Unfair to like have Sean Rise higher though I doubt he Even could because of my own head cannons. (laughs) Um Spinner is actually rising A bit higher just because like Um Just because like He decided To put JT in his place Thank you, thank you for thank you for doing your best, uh, Spinner. Uh, Toby and JT are staying where they are. Like they didn't really do anything redeeming in this episode. Um, yeah, fair. Ashley wasn't in this episode. Neither was Jimmy. <laughs> neither yep. was Terry.
0: There really weren't that many characters in it when you really think about it.
1: I actually think it's a benefit for it to have fewer characters.
0: I kind of agree.
1: Well, it's just get so convoluted sometimes. Um, I think that's it. Um. Oh, Manny. i not sure I mentioned Manny. No,
0: you mentioned Manny's Rising yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah. Um. Recommendations?
0: Yeah, recommendations. Uh, my recommendation is probably going to come out really silly, but, uh, but work with me here. Um, if you are interested in seeing the messiness and the successes and failures of girls starting a club, consider Love Live, um, which sounds like a bizarre thing. If you're not familiar with Love Live, it's a Japanese rhythm game. Um, which you can download an English version of it um, on Google Play, so if you want to play, check it out. It is something that you can actually read. Um, but it has also spun to two anime series. Uh, there's the first one, The there's the first Love Live series, which features the group Muse, which, if you know anything about Love Live, um, it's focused on two different idol groups. The first idol group is kind of classic. I don't Honestly, they're not my favorites, but they're other people's favorites, so it's worth checking out. Um, But Love Live Sunshine is my personal favorite, which is the second idol group, and I was able to follow along with it without really very much context. But both series kind of follow a similar idea, which is that a girl wants to start an idol group, she has to have a certain number of people before it's considered an official group. They then go into competitive performances and build friendships and become closer because of it. Um, and it's really fun and endearing. Obviously, it's idols, so like your mileage will may vary in certain aspects of it. But ultimately, especially, especially Love Live Sunshine explores how beautiful friendship between girls can be. And how um, wonderful and healing that experience can be. And also how great it can be to be in a club together. And even if things don't always go the way that you want, and even if you don't always win you still have each other in that moment together and i think that's hits upon similar ideas that this a plot does with less antagonism so definitely if you want to you know just it's like you can stream on crunchyroll and stuff like that check it out see if it's something for you um but especially love live sunshine it's a really really fun time and i get very emotional every single time i watch it
1: um i have two suggestions uh one is just base and if you feel like I think that sounds awesome. Um, because mining is way sillier than that. I don't
0: know, Love Life's pretty silly. I'm just I'm just able to make it sound deep.
1: <laughs> mine is the movie Fired Up. Um it's a movie about these two football players who decide to skip football camp instead of go to cheer camp to meet girls. And I know it sounds like oh I know it sounds gross. But, like, it actually becomes this really sweet movie where the two guys realize they actually do, like, cheerleading. And they really care about the other women on their squad. And, um... Like, also learn, well, like, they learn to, like, respect, like, women at the end. And it's just like, oh, it's nice watching these two boys learn to not be just complete shit heels. And, yeah. but it also like treats the women with like um, like as th- as like characters not just like scenery like the the boys' plans revealed and the girls like yeah we know we don't care I like, think we're gonna use them to win I was like yeah girls Good. <laughs> um, the other one uh, this is actually completely off topic but it's a um, a book written by a friend of mine. Um, it's called Love and Estrogen. Uh, it's by my friend Samantha Allen. Um, it's on, available on Amazon. And it is about her transitioning and meeting the, uh, the love of her life. And how the two coincided. And it is both beautifully and just, both beautifully and heartbreakingly written. Um... But I highly suggest it. I'm about like a fourth of the way through, and I'm probably gonna finish it tonight. I started like this morning, so I'll
0: have to check that out.
1: It's only a dollar ninety nine, so nice. it's well within the range, um, or well within the price range. Though what's really funny is like she mentions like an EP uh, she made uh, many years ago, and I was sitting there, I was like, I remember that EP. I really liked it.
0: <laughs> oh, so,
1: so nice. So yeah. So that's it for me.
0: Yep. Um, And that's pretty much it for us in general. Obviously, uh, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes. Um, It also seems like we're available on a lot of like iTunes compatible apps because of that. So like, see if we come up Um, if you have other apps that you like to use, um, if you have any emails, uh, any messages you would like to send to us via email, uh, please email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. This also includes, if you're interested in appearing on the show, so if you would like to appear on the show, feel free, um, whether you are close to us or whether you are far from us, we will find a way to get you in here. Um, feel free to... Contact us if you're new, if you're a veteran, if you're a recent high school graduate, if you're a member of a marginalized group or just somebody who's very passionate about young adult stuff, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, So other than that... we are also on Facebook. I hope I can make it through a podcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter at I Hope Pod and Tumblr at I Hope Pod. Um, so there's many ways that you can get in contact with us as a show entity. If you would like to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. So feel free to tweet me. Um, I'm getting involved with a couple more writing projects right now that I'll be posting on there very soon. So feel free to see that and support me,
1: thanks. <laughs> I'm at Stuck Dancing on Twitter. Um, and I am also part of the podcast Teen Girl Talk with my sister. Um, we would also like to hear testimonials um for either the current episode that's coming out or the a past episode. Uh you can either read it have you can send me an audio send us an audio file and we'll put it into the show. Or, um but you can send us something and we'll read it. Like if you don't want to hear if you don't want to uh, you don't want to speak on the episode. because we know the show means a lot to people and we want you to be able to share it with the world. And, oh, actually I forgot I have another recommendation. Laura Collins, who plays Paige, is going to be in a YouTube series called Impulse. Where I think she has superpowers.
0: Oh heck yeah!
1: <laughs> um, so I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> Me
0: too. Good. I need her back in my life.
1: Um, because I I don't know I, I always have a hope that like we'll be able to put some testimonials in and then like find a way to get us the, the like actors and actresses and the creators.
0: That's the only fourth wall I want to break. Yeah. I don't want to break any other fourth wall, but if there is a way that we can tell some of these like. Actors and et cetera. like, hey, like you you still leave an impression on me even like now. It'll be pretty sweet.
1: It'd be amazing if we get Laura Collins on this episode.
0: <laughs> Laura Collins, please. Please please appear. I would love to talk to you and pick your brain. I, I anyone really, but like especially her, Jesus. I wanna hear her her meta about her character. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Laura Collins is the I don't know. I was gonna make a teen girl talk reference, but you won't get that if you don't listen to both. But Yeah.
0: That's only fourth wall breaking we are we're allowing, and maybe that one writer we like. That's it. <laughs> don't don't add us in anything. Out. Um, but yeah
1: <laughs> Isn't that funny we, if we just got Drake on the show No we're not Drake. getting
0: Drake We're not getting Drake I know. no way in hell we are getting Drake <laughs> If that happens I will eat my shoe in front of him Like, like <laughs> I don't care <laughs> no way
1: so so Drake, this is not a normal part of the show but we're just gonna roll a bit okay
0: please please don't mind him he's just losing his mind and eating his shoe
1: oh and my sister's here for no reason
0: actually like all our friends are here for no reason please i don't think they actually want an autograph i just don't think they believed us when we said that you were gonna be on here and now they're just holding us accountable please don't mind them
1: so anyway, this episode, yeah, not even in this episode, well, we had to keep going. <laughs>
0: like, uh, what were you doing during this episode? I was sleeping. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, well, we hope we can keep making it through and hopefully you can be there with us. Thank you so much for dealing with us um, during this one. Um, and we'll see you around next time.
1: <laughs> yep. Later.
0: You were in my dream last night Like every night since two years ago I think my dream is trying to tell me something And I say tell me something I don't already know Just buy me a drink So I can refuse To raise my glass to the side and worn out midnight
1: shoes in my next dream
0: i want a pair of cowboy boots the kind that was the straightest and the most narrow